Asia-Pacific currents. News and labour issues from the Asia-Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock. On Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning, good morning, listeners. What a lovely morning it is. And um, thank you very much to Saudi Breakfast for another very interesting program of news, current affairs and analysis. But right now you're listening to me, Pierre Morrow, and I'm flying solo this morning. My uh, uh, usual partner, Giselle, has decided that um, sleeping in uh, must have been a better option for this morning up. She's uh, otherwise engaged, but she'll be back again next week. But anyway, I'll bring you today's program of Asia-Pacific Currents, uh, brought to you every week by Australia-Asia Worker Links. And you can contact the AWL on, um, on, the, uh, on the website, which is all at w.aawl.org.au. We've got a Facebook account and also Twitter. And uh, if you're in uh, Victoria, or if you want to be overseas as well and, and ring us up, uh, our number is... Nine double six two nine double six three seven two double seven as well. So a lot of the news items that you'll hear, a lot of stories, we'll put them up um, later on in the next couple of days on our website and our Facebook page as well. But um, remember that uh, you're listening to 3CR Radio and um, 3CR Radio is a community radio station. We've had our radiothon just recently. We haven't quite reached our target, so if you're listening out there and... Um, You've pledged money, but you haven't paid. Please do so. You can go to the website of 3CR, 3cr.org.au, and find out all the different ways you can pay. Or if you haven't paid yet, we'll gladly accept your money still. So don't worry about that. You haven't lost opportunity. But um, on today's program, we'll have a bit of a focus on Australia, really. We've got a number of Australian stories in the News Roundup. And our interview is um, with Matthew Boyd, who is an organiser with the Victorian branch of the Electrical Trade Unions. And um, the story is actually a bit of a, um, a bit of a tough one, really. It talks about some migrant um, uh, workers on temporary um, visas, on the 457 visa that came to work for their big um, uh, engineering company, Theus, and the contract they were um, they were actually um, put on, which actually specified that weren't allowed to join a union. Yes, that is illegal. But um, we'll hear what uh, Matthew says about all, all this and also what the aftermath of all that was. Um, but that you'll probably hear in about 10 minutes, around quarter past nine o'clock. But um, we'll go to the news items um, right at this um, very moment. And um, the first one is really about the ongoing dispute at uh, at CUB at uh, in Abbotsford uh, near here in in Melbourne, where the, um, the the 55 workers who have been terminated and then told they can. Um, re-apply uh, for their jobs through a labour hire company at um, at half of the wage. It's still going on, and I think they're well into the third month. And uh, the the picket is and the strike is um, really um, uh, holding holding strong, getting a lot of support. And if you want to go and see them, they're at 22 Southampton Crescent, Abbotsford. 
Uh, it's uh, the CUB building. If you've never been there, it's a huge uh, complex right on the, on the Yarra. So it's quite easy to find. You just go around Southampton Crescent and you'll find where the picket line is. Now, the interesting thing about this issue is that CUB is owned by um, a huge uh, global conglomerate called uh, Seb Miller. And now we've just heard news that uh, other workers, and of course Sub Miller has got uh, localities all around the world. And in the state of Haryana in India, the um, the workers, they are organising a mass protest in response to the harassment and intimidation of trade union leaders and members um, of, of, the, um, of the union and management refusal to respect collective bargaining rights. The, these protests um, at the local Sam Miller production uh, facility have included a hunger strike that has begun on the 22nd of um, July, which was in response to the suspension of the union president, Anil Kumar Saini. Um, and um, the union was uh, suspended, the, the leader was suspended after false charges were laid against him. Um, since then, the management has also suspended the vice president, the general secretary, and, the, and a prominent labor activist in that union. So the workers have now launched a sit-down strike at the factory gate, and that's happening in Haryana against Sub Miller. So obviously, Sub Miller, as um, many of these global companies, have actually got a, um, a, a track record of trying to um, bust unions all around the world. And the obvious reason, as uh, our regular listeners would know, you bust the the union, you destroy labour organisation, and you can pay workers less, you can make them work harder, and um, health and safety conditions can go down the gurgler. So that's why um, unions are important. We now go to a very interesting story, which we haven't really uh, covered before, but we'll probably um, cover it a bit more in the future where um, the um, off uh, WA on um, there's actually a lot of um, as again as people would know there's a lot of um, construction going on there's a huge um, gas uh, offshore terminal being uh, being built uh, off WA on on an, on an island well what is actually happening the the um, the the company and I'm just trying to um, to look at the um, the company's name, it's actually a, a, a huge one, but I can't quite see it. But I'll, I'll try and get it before, um, before the end of the, um, of the program. It's actually applied to, um, to bring in workers, not on 457 visas, but actually outside the whole visa requirement because it says that under Australia's um, very restrictive and the draconian immigration restrictions, in other words, to keep asylum seekers out, the island, I think it's Barrow Island uh, off the coast of WA, falls outside the jurisdiction of, um, of Australia's laws. Uh, and so basically it allows this company to bring in workers um, literally under no visa and literally they'll be outside um, Australia's um, industrial relation laws basically. And the unions, of course, will have a big trouble actually even knowing who's there and getting to speak to them. And obviously a lot of these workers are going to come from countries that are ununionized, uh, they'll be um, very uh, isolated, so you can imagine the type of wages that will be offered. 
3CR programs provide information and analysis you won't hear in the mainstream. Today we'll be looking at the legacy of the US war on Vietnam on Laos. And as far as corporate capitalism is concerned, it is the worst political and economic system that you can have. Our laws about jailing refugees and asylum seekers are so well crafted. Sex is not irrelevant and we like who we are, but we don't have to be imprisoned by our gender. Become a subscriber today. Call us on 9419 8377 or visit 3cr.org.au. 3CR, the voice of dissent. And staying in, um, in Australia, we've got a bit of a um, terrible story really, where a supermarket recycling business um, has uh, liquidated itself to escape a, a, a fine for causing the death of a worker. The, um, what happened basically is AB Recycling, listed as, as the cardboard recycler for Coles, IGA, Foodworks and Bunnings in Westfield, was recently found guilty of grave safety violation that led to the death of Steve Bauer in 2014. Now, what the, um, what the company was found uh, um, guilty of was a, a whole series of def- deadly defects in the construction and configuration of a four-metre-high stacking lift that crashed down and killed Mr Bauer. The uh, company was found guilty in the county court um, uh, this week and was fined $800,000 in criminal penalties, which is fantastic to see that um, finally some uh, companies are being taken to task with some real penalties for causing the death of, um, of workers. But um, the operators of AB Recycling put the company into voluntary administration after WorkSafe investigation and, um, and basically appears that very, um, uh, very little chance that it will pay up. But, of course, the company um, seems that AB Recycling manager Leandro Guisasola has set up a new company, High Heat, um, in May of last year and listed AB Recycling as its sole, sole, sole shareholder. Um, so, basically, and both companies are doing exactly the same thing. So, again, this is um, uh, a terrible loophole in the regulation of companies that allows these companies to basically go into bankruptcy um, and then restart again and not and not facing up to um, to the charges and and really um, um, if you were to look at the at the situation you'd say not only would the company need to pay the fine but the um, the manager should be liable for the for manslaughter at least for the death of the worker. We now go overseas where we go to um, to South Korea where We've brought you a lot of information about the repression that's hitting uh, trade union leaders there in the last um, few weeks and the fact that uh, the uh, KCTU president, Hang sang Yung was recently given a five-year sentence. Well, now, this this week, um, the, um, the Sung-duk, vice president of the Korean Public Service and Transport Workers Union, was found guilty on all charges, and the all charges were basically taking part on two demos last, two demonstrations last year, and he was given a two-year sentence. So, again, this is um, uh, another attack against um, workers in South Korea, and there is a growing international movement to um, to call for um, 
for the release of all these um, comrades. And of course, um, in the last couple of weeks, there have been massive demonstrations by workers in South Korea themselves. Hi, this is Liz Stringer, and you're listening to the Mighty 3CR on 855 AM and digital radio, 3cr.org.au. And possibly um, it's just about 13 past 9 o'clock. We'll just go to um, to the last um, news item. And um, just want to say we might as well finish with a, uh, a, a nice little um, story that um, in Sri Lanka, in the um, uh, free trade zone, the, um, the um, um, free trade zone and general service employees union has won a successful Bar, uh, collective bargaining with uh, Trelleborg Will System, a Sri Lankan subsidiary of a Swedish multinational that manufactures tyres for agricultural and industrial machine. This agreement that will cover around 140 workers in the in the factory uh, states that employee will respect the right of each employee to become a member of the union and prevent discrimination of employees to union work. I mean, that's a. Um, I don't know what other uh, parts of the agreement uh, it, it is in terms of wages and condition, but the fact that um, uh, it actually allows uh, workers to be uh, members of the union and not to be um, intimidated or discriminated against is fantastic because uh, there's a whole, um, and we brought you this uh, story a couple of weeks ago, there's a whole push in Sri Lanka by employers to basically get rid of all unions in uh, in free trade zones there. So it's a small but very important victory by these workers. So well done, comrades. And so we might as well finish the news roundup with a nice... Uh, uplifting story out there. It's um, just on 14 past 9 o'clock. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents, brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links here on your community radio station, 3CR Radio. So um, we'll go to a community announcement and then we'll be back with the interview with um, with Matthew Boyd, Boyd from the uh, Victorian Electoral Trades Union. This is Irene Bolger, former Secretary of the Nurses' Federation in Victoria. Throughout the nurses' dispute in 1986 and the waterfront dispute in 1998, 3CR was always there, broadcasting the voices of workers in struggle. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio and we're broadcasting live from the Bay to Chicken Strike here in Melbourne. We've just seen all of the thousands of nurses walk through to their meeting and people from different unions showing their solidarity. 3CR. Radio for the workers, by the workers, since 1976. That's right. Uh, 3CR, radio for the workers, by the workers, about workers. And that really is a good uh, introduction to this um, story. Um, This week I caught up with uh, Matthew Boyd, who's an organiser with the Victorian Division of the Electrical Trades Union. And um, I asked him a few questions about a case that was uh, came uh, to light recently where a number of Filipino workers on 457 visas uh, were dismissed by the, the large engineering company Theus, or Theus, um, however you pronounce it. Um, and it came to light that their contract actually specified that they couldn't uh, join a union. Matt, you represented uh, 11 Filipino power line maintenance workers who had been employed by the Thies company 
on contracts that forbade them to join trade unions. Can you explain how you became aware of these contracts? Back in uh, April 2015, around uh, early April 2015, um, TASE made about uh, 30 employees redundant. Um, and of those 30 employees, they were the majority of them were you know, foreign workers or 457 visa workers. Um, I got in touch with the guys uh, after the fact. Uh, a couple of them gave me a call um, because Teese actually owed them a fair bit of money, the majority of the blokes, so, you know, some cases in excess of $10,000. Um, so that's how I got involved. Uh, the guys uh, attended the office for a meeting, which we teed up with them to go through the outstanding monies. Um, and through that process, there was obviously a few guys at that meeting um, that weren't union members. So we obviously had that discussion and, uh, you know, so I said, you know, why aren't you your members? You know, we don't normally sort of offer assistance to guys unless they're members. Um, and a couple of the guys said, oh, we're not allowed to be members. And I said, oh, that's interesting. I said, who told you that? And they said, our employer. And I said, oh, look, you know, employers you know, tell, tell guys all the time, you know, you're not allowed to be in the union. And this one fellow goes, uh, no, it's in my contract that I'm not allowed to participate or join in to unions. So I asked him if he had a copy of that contract and, and lo and behold, he pulled it out and there in black and white, did it say, you will be terminated um, in, if you participate in any trade union activities. Is that the first time you've ever seen something like that? Uh, in writing, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you, you do hear of a lot of these uh, foreign workers that you know sort of get that pressure put them put on them on a daily uh, basis, but you know, I've never seen an employer silly enough to actually put it in writing. Yeah, and you know the contract went even further as to say, uh, not only will you be terminated if you participate in trade union activities, you'll have to pay the company back for all the monies associated in bringing you to the country, and on top of that, you'll have to pay all the monies associated with bringing a replacement worker to the country from the Philippines. Um, so it wasn't just the pressure of joining a trade union, it was the, uh, the financial pressure of having to pay this company back for all the money it cost to get them to the country and also pay all the money it cost to bring another worker from the Philippines to replace them. So the pressures were, were, were quite significant to these guys. No wonder they were afraid to join a union. Oh, definitely, mate, definitely, you know, like... As I said, you, you hear of uh, employers putting, you know, pressure on these guys verbally on a daily basis, um, but not to this magnitude. It, it, you know, it's actually absolutely disgusting mm. what they had actually put uh, in these contracts and the pressure that they had put on these guys that, you know, had come to this country for a better life and relocated their families and all that. So you can understand why these guys were very fearful. Yeah, we totally understand. Now, um, once you found this out, the ETU took their cases to the Fair Work Ombudsman, and while winning, and it did take uh, almost a year, the outcome wasn't entirely satisfactory. Can you give us the details of this uh, outcome? You're correct. I suppose on paper, uh, we did win the case. You know, the police were found guilty of issuing these contracts to these guys. But I suppose the outcome of it just wasn't where it needed to be. I mean, I, I know they had to uh, issue an apology and, and make a $50,000 donation to the Philippine Community Group and um, I suppose put better measures in place to prevent this from happening in the, in the future. But for a company of, of TISA's size and, and for the actual 
breaches of workers' rights and what they had put into the contract, I, I think very insignificant to a company of that size with that sort of money. The other really disappointing part to the whole investigation process was right from the right from the start, the Fair Work Ombudsman just didn't really seem interested in in doing an, in, an investigation. It seemed like an inconvenience to them. Um, they were only interested in specific details, um, like whether or not Tease had retracted these contracts, um, and not the whole story. And the fact that, yeah, as you said, it took it took 12 months to complete the investigation, which leaves the guys that were affected in a really really bad spot. They have 90 days from when Tease made them redundant and revoked their sponsorship to find new a new sponsor, or they they get deported. So for an investigation to take 12 months, it's just not satisfactory. I mean, it sounds um, quite incredible, and, and I'm sure that um, a lot of people wouldn't be aware of, of these issues. And I believe that some of these workers actually um, had to leave Australia and had to go back, and they've really lost money out of the whole process. Yeah, a couple of them picked up work a couple of months after the, the redundancies, um, but not doing the jobs, I suppose, they were you know, sponsored to come to the country for in the first place. I know... A couple of guys um, picked up a bit of work at a, at a chicken farm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, majority of these guys had to leave the country. I believe a couple went to New Zealand to do some line work over there. But, you know, these are guys that have come from the Philippines where it's not the greatest rights or human rights over there. Um, they brought their, their children over here um, with the promise from Tease to become an Australian resident and, and a valued part of their company and, and whatnot just to have that all pulled from under them. The other thing, too, is that these guys have been black banned in their own country from working you know, as linesmen. They, uh, you know, they're, they're seen over there as you know, deserting the country that gave them the opportunity. So not only do they not have an opportunity in Australia after the uh, redundancies, they don't really have an opportunity to go back home and work either. So they've sort of been left hung and dry in a big, big way from Teeks. So who's black banned them in the Philippines, do you know? Oh, look, in speaking to the guys, the power companies over there have sort of said, well, if you want to leave us and go to Australia, after all the time and effort we have put into you, you will never work in the Philippines again as a linesman. That doesn't surprise me. You hear a lot of stories of what happens over in the Philippines. And I suppose they have seen them to desert their country and, and they won't get a job as a linesman in the Philippines. You know, our listeners um, would, would be well aware of what's happening in the Philippines. We've covered that um, often. But certainly it really yeah. shows how these workers are between a, a rock and a, and a hard place. Definitely. And you would assume that when they come to Australia, they would have thought, you know, the behaviours uh, that we see in the Philippines and countries like that, that they would be safe from that in Australia. But in the event of the, the teeth and, and the contracts they were given, they would have just been thinking this is no different to the Philippines. That's right, and that's why you know we've got unions. Why we have to fight even harder now. Oh, exactly right. And just on the question of the unionising and organising temporary workers, which you've you've really talked about uh, already, but um, do you do you find you know some of the issues that you've you've raised really make it much harder to organise these workers, even if they want to join the union, because the visas just make them so vulnerable. Oh, look, it is definitely uh, you know a massive issue. Uh... You know, these guys come from countries where you know, union officials have their heads cut off with chainsaws. Um, so you can understand their uh, their fear in, in talking to unions. 
But that's what we need to do as, as a movement, is get out and actually organise. We need to get out and visit these guys, um, explain to them the rights that they have at work um, and the importance of unions in Australia and, and give them that support. Further to that, we need to continue to put pressure on, on the government um, to prosecute and give real penalties to any employers that are violating these rights and putting these pressures on, on these temporary visa workers and, and exploiting them. Um, you know, that, that's where the problem lies, is that these companies are able to get away with this sort of treatment of workers on a daily basis. You hear of you know, the, the 7-Eleven guys getting paid and then taken to ATMs to have the cash handed back. You've got guys living in the boss's office and paying you know, 200 bucks a day to do that. Um, it's about time someone actually says to these employers, we are not going to tolerate this behaviour. Um, and if you're found guilty of it, we need harsher punishment. Not, you know, in the case of Tease, an exemption from any regulation on the 457 program. Very disappointing. We totally agree, and and uh, it, it it's really shocking when you hear cases like like this. And but you know, as a last question, un unfortunately, you know, it's not just in Australia. It happens in many other countries where migrant workers uh, we we're taken from different countries into other countries on temporary visas. We're very vulnerable. And it really makes them, the employees easy to exploit us. So I know you've talked a little bit more, but, you know, in terms of organising them, in terms of stopping this exploitation, would, would something like making sure that these workers then have access to permanent residency be a good step in, in making sure they don't face this exploitation and they don't actually are used by the employees to drive wages and conditions down for everyone. Oh, look, and yeah, no, I agree. And, and, and most of these guys that, that come over uh, on these temporary uh, work visas uh, are promised the world from these employees. They're promised permanent residency. You know, they're promised to be treated right. That's what they have in the back of their heads. I know that these guys, in dealing with these T's guys, even... Even uh, you know, leading up to the redundancies and, and after the redundancies, they were just very, very disappointed and upset that they'd been let down and, and they couldn't understand that the promises that had been made from Tease, that they had just reneged on the deal. And so close, a lot of these guys were close to getting their permanent residency. Some were only a couple of months out from, from being able to apply for that. And they were just very, very uh, shocked uh, disappointed, upset that Tease had just let them go and there was nothing that they could do. They basically had, the only option they had was 90 days to get out of the country um, or find a new sponsor. And look, at the time in the power industry, yeah, there's an argument there that there wasn't a requirement for 457s because there's you know, mass redundancies in this industry at the moment. Um, so there was no chance that these guys were going to pick up work within that 90 days in the power industry. So it was uh, it was doom and gloom for them. Well, Matt, thanks for that uh, story. I mean, really quite a heartbreaking story to, to think about the, what these workers went through and how they were treated. But you, as the organiser of the union and the ETU as well, are really to be congratulated for the effort you've put in and also the continuing effort to, to stop this um, exploitation because um, it's a really big problem that affects all of us. No, look, it does. And at the end of the day, these guys are workers. I mean, that's what unions do. We represent the workers and make sure that they're not exploited.
But, you know, as you said, unfortunately at the moment in this country, you know, not only temporary workers, but, you know, workers as a whole are being exploited and, and they're being attacked um, like we probably haven't seen before. So, you know, the union movement, not just the ETU, um, have to stand up and fight for these workers and will continue to do so. The great words, uh, great fighting words and in unity and solidarity. Um, thank you very much and all the very best. No worries, mate. Thanks very much for having us on. Hello, this is Archie Roach and you're listening to Good Music on 855 AM on 3CR. And you just listened to an interview I conducted earlier in the week with uh, Matthew Boyd from the Victorian ETU about uh, the issue facing um, that um, migrant workers uh, often face with the uh, dodgy um, 457 visas. We're getting to the end of the program. It's 39 past 9 o'clock. Just two very quick announcements. I have to say that the um, Palestine Remembered show um, doesn't seem to be a show here today, so um, there'll just be a music uh, interlude before the radioactive show at 10 o'clock, just to let people know there will be Palestine Remembered. We'll be back next week but just before we go uh, just two couple quick announcements one very important uh, for later on today there is a rally today at 1pm at the State Library here in the centre of Melbourne in Swanson Street and Latrobe Streets um, uh, for justice for the children tortured in the Dondale Detention Centre in uh, in the Northern Territory and in, in all prisons. Uh, again, uh, this is um, very much a rally against the injustices that uh, Aboriginal people uh, face every day, and this is specifically to the fact that uh, Aboriginal youth are being jailed and uh, uh, in terrible numbers all around Australia, but especially in places like the Northern Territory. So um, get there, 1pm State Library in Swanson Street. And then, of course, um, in a, about 10 days, uh, Australia Asia Workling will have a movie fundraiser called The Lab, which looks at uh, uh, Israeli's um, military establishment and how um, it, um, it's basically um, uh, practiced on the Palestinians, on the, on the occupation of Palestinian lands, and then actually sold and tried and tested in battle. So that's, um, that uh, documentary will be on Monday, the 8th of August at 6 p.m., at Long Play, which is 318 St George's Road North, Fitzroy, Fitzroy North. But you can uh, see those details on our Facebook page. That's all that I've got time for. My name is Pierre Morrow. You've been listening to Asia Pacific Currents, brought to you every week by Australia Asia Workerlings. We'll be back tomorrow. At, um, tomorrow. We'll be back next Saturday at 9 o'clock for another program of uh, APC looking at the uh, labour news around the region. Stay uh, tuned to 3CR. As I said, there is no uh, Palestine Remembered this week. They'll be back on next week. We're going to have uh, half an hour of music and um, and then at 10 o'clock the Radioactive show will come as scheduled. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.